Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. Well, I'll tell you, today's guest is, uh, her story is really moving, like fast moving. It's amazing. Um, And I also want to quickly just say that our show has now been picked up by iHeartRadio. So if you don't subscribe, I'd ask that you subscribe via iHeartRadio and enjoy the great guests that we have on, such as Amber Spencer. Welcome, Amber. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited. Well, we are excited to hear more about you. Look, you, I said before we started recording that you are some badass woman. So I'm excited to learn why I'm uh, right in that and your perspective on who you are, what you do, and how you change the world. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, I have a bit of a diverse background. Um, I started my education in, uh, in marketing. Um, I did a little bit of sales. Then I, I moved into tech. So I've, I've moved into more of a male-dominated industry. Um, and then I kind of got into, into motorcycling about three years ago. So I was working in tech. At the time, I was working as a software developer. And um, on, on a motorcycle ride, I ended up meeting the CEO of a company called Damon Motorcycles. And the company was in its early stages at the time and was focused on creating safety technology for motorcycles. And in that conversation on that day that I met, I met the CEO, you know, we, we connected. And he even said that day, he was like, hey, we're looking for people in tech. So maybe, you know, we should have a chat again in the future. So about six months later, um, I, I ended up joining uh, Damo Motorcycles. And so now I, I kind of use my background in, in marketing and sales and also the understanding of technology and the understanding of motorcycles to help build safer, smarter, emission-free electric motorcycles. So my jaw, I just picked it up off the ground, okay? So <laughs> that's pretty amazing. What an incredible background. First of all, Six months later or six weeks later, they offered you an opportunity at Damon. It was about six, six months. <laughs> That's incredible. Unbelievable. So you must have a little bit of marketing and business development running through your veins um, because that kind of, of passion about what you do and the things that you know how to market yourself that that's not learned in school. So you must have a little bit of that in your blood. Um, well, let me ask you this. Tell everybody about Damon, because I had personally never heard of them, but that's because I'm not in that world. But it's my understanding you're bringing Damon to the mass, uh, you know, mainstream, regular people like me would be interested in knowing this. So tell us about Damon. Yeah, so Damon is, it's a technology company, but it's also a motorcycle company, interestingly enough. So we're taking a very technology-focused approach to building safer, smarter motorcycles. Um, and you might wonder, you know, why? Well, motorcycling is, you know, contrary to popular belief, one of the most used forms of transportation around the world. If you think about the world as a whole in Southeast Asia and how many people use motorcycles to commute every day. And part of 
the reason why they use two wheels to commute is because of congestion, which is becoming an even bigger problem in, in North America. Um, and one of the primary problems with motorcycles is they're, that they're unsafe um, and they haven't evolved in 100 years. So, you know, um, they're really primed for disruption in that arena because they make such a great form of transportation. But that safety component really needs to be changed before, you know, people can feel safe adopting that form of transportation. Um, so what we do is we're actually building the motorcycle from the ground up. So the motorcycles are emission free and we've built the safety technology into the motorcycle. So a little bit like how in your car you have, a, you know, a full full collision system and a blind spot detection system in the newer cars, we're building that into the motorcycles so that when you're riding, you know, you can have that extra layer of awareness around you and you can feel safer. Um, so not only that, uh, but we're also, you know, surprisingly, a lot of our customers are in the in the younger generation. So a lot of them are millennials. And part of the reason for that is that we've really built it tech forward. So the bikes are internet connected, you know, so, you're, you know, we're in a world where all of us basically are now are growing up with our cell phones and mobile apps and everything is internet connected. And so, you know, we can check that we always know the battery level of our phone, the battery level of our computer. And so why can't we know the battery level of our bike when we're away from it? Um, and the bike will receive software updates to make the bike safer over time. So we're basically building a better mode of transportation um, in these motorcycles. That is awesome. That's incredible. So I can check on my bike from my iPhone. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So <clears throat> when I was young, I came from a family, we, we all had motorcycles. I had a little Honda 80 before it was right for a child my age to ride a motorcycle. But um, this is very intriguing to me. Um, <clears throat> I wonder what stage is Damon in? Like, are you a, a, in a growth phase or you're a fully established company and you're, you know, tell me about the company, how, how it started, when did it start? You know, what phase is it in? It started, it, so it started in 2017. That's when the company was founded. I joined in April of 2018. And when I joined, the company was very focused on the safety tech. So it was initially, we weren't building the bike from the ground up in the very beginning. We were focused on um, retrofitting the motorcycles with the safety systems. So, um, so for the first maybe a uh, year or so, we were looking at potentially having the safety systems put on at the factory level. Uh, so, you know, trying to build partnerships with OEMs to put the, the safety system on at the factory so that when people receive their bikes, it's already integrated. And um, there were multiple issues with doing it that way. And one of the issues was that the larger companies move pretty slowly. So to get our full system that we built to the market with the full 360 degrees and, you know, with the haptic handlebars, the cameras, the radars, um, you know, they wanted to do it very, very slowly, very incrementally, like, oh, maybe we'll just take this little bit of the, of the um, handlebar vibrations and integrate that first. Um, so it was just going to move very, very slowly. So an event, and we also looked into, um, you know, a lot of people mentioned 
hey, why don't you guys retrofit the bikes, like sell it as an aftermarket component? And um, but there's also issues with doing that too, because you know, as you can imagine, there's just thousands and thousands of different types of motorcycles with different mounting points, and we'd have to create so many different mounts that and you know that it would also make the bikes look kind of ugly <laughs> to have it all not integrated. So, you know, nobody's going to buy an ugly product to put a put on the bike. Um, so, so we realize, okay, we, is that why you build it from ahead. the ground up now? It's one of the reasons, yeah, why we decided to go with building the bikes from the ground up because, um, you know, getting this, getting the safety system, it really had to be built into the bike from the, the first place. And so this, we realized was a big opportunity to actually, you know, change all of the things that are difficult about motorcycles in the, in the same, uh, same time. So then we're like, well, we can, we can, now that we have control over building the bikes, obviously we're going to make them electric so that they're emission free. And, you know, we're going to build bikes that can also transform. And one of the reasons for the bike, so the bikes, the first model of that we're releasing is the Hypersport. And the Hypersport is, it looks like a sport bike, but it can also transform into more of an upright bike. So the handlebars move upwards and downwards and the foot pegs can move up and down. And also the seat can move up and down. So wow, kind of, it sounds yeah, so this kind like of Peloton, but with a, a motor, you know, like, I like that. It can fit like a question <laughs> fit. Yeah. So one of the reasons for that was, you know, smaller riders find it difficult to balance most, most tall bikes. I'm five one. So, you know, balancing most bikes, especially sport bikes, can be difficult with just one leg or one tiptoe on the floor. And it can also be kind of dangerous because if you're at stoplight and you drop your bike, you know, it's a really precarious situation to be in. So we can adjust it so that, you know, shorter people can feel more comfortable and taller people can also feel comfortable at the same time. And then the adjustable ergonomics also allows for like, if you can imagine commuting or, you know, lane splitting or commuting on a highway for a long time, you can move it into a more upright position and be comfortable and feel less tired. And if people are less tired, they're less likely to make a mistake. And then they can also, you know, revert it back to that, um, that sport position again, when they feel like they're ready to go or to get somewhere fast and they want to get out of that wind buffeting. Well, that's interesting. So I've never had um, a guest who is a motorcyclist. So this is my first. Tell me, let's focus on you now. You, the woman, not just uh, Dame in the company or your motorcycle, the product, but you, the person. What what has been your proudest professional accomplishment? I think uh, what I'm currently doing. So definitely being kind of at the forefront that of the product marketing for a company that's changing the transportation industry <laughs> especially in uh, you know a heavily male dominated industry both tech and motorcycling um, and at our company right now in in our marketing department we're outnumbering the males three to one <laughs> so yeah. I think we're doing pretty well <laughs> in bringing more women into into this kind of um, into this arena so I definitely feel proud about that um, because you know, although Energica's CEO, I believe, is a woman, which is super awesome. Um, but seeing more women, uh, you know, be coming into the male-dominated industries makes me feel really proud. 
I agree. I agree. So I serve a lot of those industries that are male dominated because they need what I do badly. Um, and those who are progressive enough to recognize that bring me in and I work with both men and women to make equity happen. So um, who inspired you? Because this is really unique. Was it just the, the bike itself or did a person inspire you? Or maybe did you have a mentor that got you where you are? I think it was a combination of my dad being a really big inspiration to me. Um, he, he actually, the first time I went on a motorcycle, it was on the back of his Harley. And that's when I fell in love with motorcycling. But I didn't get my bike for another 10 years after that <laughs> because of the concern of my family. And I wanted to respect their concerns. Um, but I eventually was like, you know what? I've just got to do what I really feel like I should do. And this is one of the things in my life that I, I want to do. I want to ride a motorcycle. So he was a big inspiration from the beginning, you know, to kind of get me into the two-wheeled space. Um, and also he was a businessman. Um, throughout his career he's retired now but he was always very um, business oriented he had his own transportation company and I always looked up to my dad and you know felt very um, inspired by him so he definitely inspired me to kind of get into business and get into motorcycles and then I also have another uh, I guess he's more of a mentor is my friend Jordan um, and Jordan, he's an entrepreneur, so he had his own company, and he also works in the tech sector in Vancouver, which is where I live. And when we met, you know, we became friends right off the bat. He doesn't ride a motorcycle, but he's very into tech, and he kind of has been my mentor along along the way, and has given me the confidence to pursue what I felt like I should pursue, but wasn't sure that I was able to. So he was, he's always been there kind of cheering me on and <laughs> saying, yes, you can do it. And yes, your decisions are, are, are yours to make and you're going in the right direction. So I think it's, you know, it's really great to have, um, to have that, to have somebody who can, can really reassure that, you know, what you're doing is what you should be doing <laughs> or what you, you know, what you choose That's is right wonderful. for you. So. Yeah. It sounds to me like your father's probably very proud of you. And it sounds to me that you have more than a mentor. You have a sponsor in Jordan. So that's wonderful. And the third thing I noted is you hire a lot of women. And that's just amazing. That's, that leads us right to the next question, which is, um, you know, I personally have the strongly held belief that women should lift each other up. That said, how do you advise women to support other women in business? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I think anybody, male or female, we should all lift, lift each other up and believe in each other. Um, I think one thing that's really helped me is, uh, is just actually sharing, like sharing my experiences with other women, like my other girlfriends. And we, you know, we support each other in sharing knowledge. Like I have actually one of my best friends works in the tech sector too and we met because we my company had hired an agency she was working for and she walked in with a, a motorcycle helmet <laughs> and I walked in with a motorcycle helmet and we kind of hit it off and um and so we and we talk weekly and we we share what's happening in our own lives and we get really authentic and you know I'm authentic with her and I'm authentic with my staff and I, I feel like that authenticity and that sharing and being able to um, 
you know, just show that authenticity really helps to, to, to support other women in the space because we all kind of go through the same things. <laughs> we all have a lot in common. And when we're sharing authentically, we can really reach that common ground. It sounds like you share those uh, battle stories in male dominated industries and then you share support. Um, you seem to me, from what you've described, to be a transformational leader, which is much needed and greatly appreciated. Um, and the fact that you mentioned that what women can do to help other women is share, I love that. Um, we are, we have a tendency to be more collaborative than men are, just by nature. But then we grow up often to be more competitive because we see in order to succeed, we have to mimic the men in the industry when I love when I see women who are holding strong to that collaborative nature and that, you know, injecting that EQ into their leadership style sounds to me like you do a lot of that. And that makes me happy. Well, let me ask you, what's been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? I think a couple of things, uh, which are kind of tied together. Uh, one is confidence you know, having the confidence to take initiative and believing in myself and, you know, um, really believing in my leadership and being able to do what I, what I want to do. And that has been one of my, my biggest challenges. Um, and, you know, I've taken several yeah, personal development courses and really gotten to know myself well and know my weaknesses and just embrace them. And, you know, embracing what I don't know has probably been the biggest confidence booster <laughs> ever. Um, and then the other thing, uh, which I said is tied together, would actually be my height in terms of being able to ride the motorcycles that I want to ride. <laughs> um, because I'm, yeah, I'm five one, and these bikes are big and heavy. And a yeah. lot of people, like I walked, walked into my first, um, the first, when I went to buy my first bike and I walked into the first few dealerships, I was, they were like, no, you're too small to ride this bike. Sorry, we don't have anything that fits you. So building my experience and building my confidence and um, um, being able to get on those bikes that I want to get on has kind of been synonymous with my, my growth in my leadership business and just believing in myself that I can do it. Um, it's definitely, yeah, that's been one of my biggest challenges. Yeah. And you know, that's a trait many, many women share, um, the imposter syndrome and the lack of self-confidence and the, you know, belief whether I can do it or not. Uh, men, on the other hand, have a tendency to say, well, I may never have done that before, but I certainly can, and they, and they, they go for it. So I'm glad to see that you are overcoming that. Um, clearly, the fact that you are building motorcycles that are designed for people regardless of height is a way to sort of go ha ha to the dealership that said, we have nothing for you. Um, so good for you. I'm proud to hear that. You need to see yourself the way others see you. And I have a little exercise I do with friends like you who are lacking that um, self-confidence on occasion. And these women are wonderful, brilliant CEOs, general counsels, you name it. I say, let's meet with five of your friends, ask them to answer this question as if they are you. And I'm asking it in the, in the place of someone powerful. Let's say I'm, I don't know, Michelle Obama. And I look at you and I say, Amber, tell me about yourself. 
and I do this with five of your close friends, and then you get a, a view of what they think of you and how they view you. And although other people's opinions of you is really none of your business, it's a helpful exercise to see that, you know, gee, uh, if that's the impression I give off and that's the perception other people have of me, perhaps I should start to love myself more and see myself in that way that they say, see me. So um, you wouldn't be on the show if you weren't an incredible woman. So thank you for being the incredible woman that you don't recognize yourself as. And maybe this is, uh, you know, one way to keep humility, but also I encourage women to own their story, own their voice, tell their story. So I'm super happy to have you on the show today telling us your story. You are remarkable. Um, you are definitely an outlier. There are not a lot of women doing what you do. And so that takes courage. Uh, let me ask you something. Is there a surprising fact about you that maybe your own circle may not know? I think at least most of my motorcycling friends know that I race motorbikes, but probably a lot of the general, <laughs> the role of the general public maybe wouldn't know that. So that's definitely a surprising fact. <laughs> what was that? I said that's kind of scary. <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, I, I'm sure not for you because you know what you're doing, but for those of us who don't do what you do, I find that you know, to be quite scary. You must know what you're doing though. Are, are, are there certain lessons you take for that? Or, you know, I'm sure you have things you must do that are different than just riding. Yeah, so I actually think that, um, not maybe racing per se, but a lot of the tracks, the motorcycle and car tracks, hold what they call track days or open days, where people can take their road motorcycles and and ride them on the track and why I think that's beneficial is because people really get to feel what the bike feels like without the the distraction of the cars and the worry about this and that it's a safe environment to put the bike through its paces and really feel um you know your body position and think about how you're controlling the bike and understand how it reacts in corners and um, doing it in a controlled, controlled environment with people around who can give you advice and who can, you know, you have control riders that go around the track and they give advice to riders to improve their riding, that people can Im actually improve their road riding and be safer on the road by going and doing these track days. <laughs> See, that's awesome advice. I never thought about that. That makes sense. You're not distracted with the red lights or other cars or, yeah. So that's really great advice for those of you who listen, who want to try your hand at this. Um, that's interesting. Let me ask you this. So every um, podcast that I host, I've recently actually in the past, mm, I don't know, two months, have been pulling a wild card question out of my box of meaningful questions. Are you okay if I ask you a wild card question? For sure. Okay, so I'm going to pull from my box. I have 144 cards. And the question is, what is something society places too much value on today? Hmm. I think the world is shifting in terms of how it portrays um uh, people looking their best 
Um, sorry, let, can you ask the question again? <laughs> sure. Something society places too much value on today. Are you trying to say mm -hmm. looks? Um, I was going down the authenticity route of, um, of, you know, like YouTubers and people who are creating themselves as personal brands on the internet are really bringing authenticity to the table in terms of, you know, how, how people um, communicate in society, how they look in society. And it's moved from like the, 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 the beautiful magazine covers and people being airbrushed and having the full makeup yeah. on, on TV and, and, you know, like <laughs> always having to look your best and, and, and be a certain way. Um, and it's, it's kind of shifting into this uh, more individual, uh, authentic kind of uh, communication style. And yeah. so I think, yeah, I, I think I really, I really like how things are moving. Yeah, I love that answer. So sort of like Alicia Keys no longer wearing makeup. Um, I, I get that. I get that. So what you're saying is society places too much um, value on the way we look and how we have to be celebrities and superstars and all perfectly made up. And you love seeing that communications is changing such that we can now be more authentic and vulnerable and be ourselves and not try to fit into that mold of the, you know, cover girl, so forth and so on. I love that. Is that exactly what you're saying or did I miss it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you nailed it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's a super powerful answer. Um, I had not thought of that, but I'm with you on that. I do see more and more of that. I know that's what my show is about. And I know that anyone who knows me knows that I'm going to keep it real. Um, so with COVID-19 and people working from home, maybe they'll realize the benefit of not trying to be someone they're not and just finding who their authentic selves are because we have more time to reflect on that sort of thing. Uh, we're not, you know, getting up, putting on our heels and our suits and our makeup to get into the work, fight a two hour commute to get there. Um, we get, we're getting that two hours back in our day. So hopefully people will start to, you know, embrace their authentic selves, do yoga, maybe meditate, not worry so much about putting on that makeup or getting that big hairdo done, <laughs> you know, so you're delightful. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're very interesting. You're not like any other guests I've had on the show. Um, I'd like us to keep in touch. I have some ideas for you and I want to learn more about um, not just your company, but you. So let's do keep in touch. For those who want to reach out to you, learn more about Damon or you personally, how can they reach you? Um, you can reach us through Damon Motorcycles. So they can send me an email, amber at damonmotorcycles.com. I can learn more about Damon at damonmotorcycles.com or follow any of our social media channels. Awesome. Well, I'll put those social media channels in the blog that I write about you. And look, Amber, if there are any pictures you want me to share that tell the story of you, much like what you were just talking about, please shoot those over and I'll include those in the blog. For sure. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Everyone have a good day and thank you for listening. Amber, thank you for being here. Thank you. Have a good one.